Thanks for listening to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, how's it going? It's going really good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing. Uh, you know what though? I feel like I should call you Uncle Greg. Uh, this whole <laughs> podcast, this whole podcast thing. Uh, my my wife and I over the week because you followed my wife on uh, on Instagram. Yes, and uh, you followed her with your Uncle Greg account. So I did. you know, she goes, "Oh, hey, Greg followed me," and she goes, "Well, Uncle Greg followed me." <laughs> <laughs> it's taken off, man. the the whole uh, the whole podcast and and the Uncle Greg title is 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 uh, all over the place. It's blowing up, man. <laughs> it is funny when I go to the pickleball courts now. People do call me Uncle Greg. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's interesting because there's some guys out there that are in their seventies and they go, "Hey, Uncle Greg." I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> You're everybody's uncle. You got to love I it. I am everybody's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, okay. And you guys are doing great with, uh, uh, you know, the, the production of the podcast that's coming along. Great. That's out there. You've got the website that's out there. And of course, all the social media. So you're, you guys are doing it right, which is not always easy, right? Like getting the whole digital side of things. Uh, the digital is very challenging. It is very challenging. Is is very challenging. Luckily we've had good advice. Um, and we're looking, we're always looking for more advice to improve because, uh, you know, we're definitely not experts when it comes to all of that. Exactly. So, and today, I mean, you know, people listening to this, there's probably not a whole lot of experts listening to this. So getting some advice would be helpful. So today, yes, TJ Murphy from Height Digital uh, up in Bend, Oregon. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. Glad I actually have light and power this time around. Yeah, well, so I that's that's the thing. Like, we've tried to do this interview like uh, uh, ten times now. No, I don't know, yeah. a couple times now, and we've At had least. some issues. Uh, we had we had a little scheduling issue, and then we had uh, no power. Like, we get on with TJ, and his lights are out. Uh, <laughs> but the third the time wasn't going to work. Exactly, yeah, we got it this time around. This is all going to work. Yeah. If I knew, though, I mean, if, if we would have scheduled this over the summer, I was just up in Bend over the summer, which is a fantastic place, by the way. It is a fantastic place. I love living here. It really fuels all my passions. So, oh, yeah. yeah if you're out this way, we'll have to grab a beer. Connect. We'll go to Crux, Crux Brewery. I love that place. My favorite brewery in town. That was a fun oh, one. Oh, okay. my goodness. Now you guys got me interested. Now I'm going to have we're, to make a trip. We're bonded up. now, Russ. Exactly. Now, Google that place, man. It's it's good. Uh, I, I hit up like, I think, three breweries, four breweries up there. Uh, yeah. I, I was only up there for a day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was no, up there we used for like to be the brewery capital of the U.S. I, I don't think oh, really? we hold the title any longer, but there used to be more breweries per capita here than anywhere else in the country. We have like wow. 35 breweries for nice population of 150,000 or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's crazy okay. the amount. Like you're just walking down the street and you see one and then another one and then another one. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> so are there more Starbucks or are there more breweries? There's more breweries than Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. there, although, you yeah. know what? There's a lot of great coffee up there. Uh, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of like really cool local coffee places that uh, that, that do beat Starbucks, I, I will tell yeah. you. Yeah. We yeah. have a few Starbucks, mm -hmm. but there's definitely the, the craft scene reigns supreme. So people mm -hmm. are, are definitely snobby about their beer. But also their coffee, so they they tend to frequent the the local shops more. Than and Starbucks. also food trucks, right? There's yeah. a lot of food trucks. Big big oh, food trucks. Man, the, actually at Crux there was a taco uh, truck that was there, and it was amazing. So 
I would go back just for the taco truck. <laughs> love the beer. Taco tacos. They're, they're some of the best in town. See, there you so, go. PJ, did you grow up in the area or how did you get to Ben? Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I grew up actually three hours south of here in a small town called Ashland, which is mm. the first mm-hmm. town you'll hit as you're coming over the I-5 border from California, known for the too. Oregon Shakespeare yeah. Fence. Yeah. Oregon mm-hmm. Shakespeare Festival, Southern Oregon University, really small town. So I grew up out in the woods. I My dad was a forestry guy, wildland firefighter career in that. And we spent our summers camping. We'd come up here to Bend quite a bit to, to camp in the summertime, go on adventures as a family, ski mount bachelor. And, and I just really always thrived outside and ended up following in my dad's footsteps. I became a wildland firefighter when I graduated from high school, used that to, to pay my way through college, which was great. I spent my summers out there in some crazy environments, some crazy situations, <laughs> but Got to got to really learn a lot about leadership and, and hard work and earning my money and, and what that meant. Firefighters don't get paid all that much, but every penny that I made went into to my college education. So it felt good to be able to, to save up and make that happen. So how so did you, you take that experience to kind of convert yourself to where you're at today? Because there's a big jump from, you know, fighting fires to working and, and owning your own height digital. Yeah, no, you've got that right for sure. I, I never really growing up, like my parents were not entrepreneurial types. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of that, you know, motivation. I never thought I would start a business early on, but I went to the university of Oregon. I studied marketing for whatever that's worth. And unfortunately they don't really teach you a lot of what you need to know in the digital marketing world today in the classroom at university, at least not when I was there, but I learned a lot about communication and collaboration and public speaking, all that kind of good stuff. But I started my career kind of following my, my girlfriend. She moved down to the Bay area and started a a job at a startup down there. And so I followed her and I wanted to start my career as a marketing consultant. But what I quickly found out as I, went to interview after interview, submitted resume after resume, was that you don't really have a a lot of great experience with just a degree looking to get into the marketing consulting world. They really want you to have a lot more firsthand applicable stuff. So I had to bail on that. I ended up getting a great job though as first the marketing intern and worked my way up to marketing manager working for a property management company and specifically at a big outdoor shopping center, which... We had about 100 tenants, some like big box stores, but the majority were mom and pop businesses. And I was the go-to person for all of their marketing questions. So I helped them figure out how to navigate the new world of social media. Instagram was kind of you know new and big back then. So getting them set up with their business account, teaching them how to run their own ads, and then managing all of our corporate marketing initiatives, all the media buying and that kind of stuff. So this was a good, you know, first step in what I'm ultimately doing now, helping small businesses thrive online and and really grow their business. But it wasn't until my wife and I realized that we didn't like living in the big city. We were living in Oakland, California, getting burned out on our corporate jobs. And we made a commitment. We decided that we wanted to go see the world. So 
We quit our jobs after saving up for about a year and bought one-way tickets to Southeast Asia. And we were living out of backpacks for the next year and a half. And throughout that time, I met all of these amazing people, these digital nomads, people that were starting and scaling businesses from their laptops, living in exotic places, investing in cryptocurrency, which I wish I had listened to at the time, although it's not doing doing so well now, but Uh back then could have made some serious money. Um, And I really saw the freedom that they had and, and wanted that for myself. And so I got to thinking, I talked to a few of my mentors at the time and decided that I wanted to start a marketing agency and combine the skills that I'd acquired through school, through my career, uh, short career, working at uh, this marketing job uh, for the property management company, helping small businesses and start something that would really allow me to give back to my community. I wanted to focus initially in Ashland, where I had a great network of people and business owners that I knew I could help. And we've been growing it ever since. Now we serve businesses coast to coast and I've merged with Height Digital from the first company I started, eThrive Marketing, and it's been a great move. Oh, so you, so you ran your own business for a little while and then you merged it with uh, Height, which is that, is that a franchise type of yeah, situation? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're a digital marketing franchise, first of its kind. We've got 25 locations now across the US, but originally I did start my own company and it, we'll get into some of the details there, but it was it was quite the learning experience. Well, actually, that, I, I, that's my like next question is like, yeah. what was the big motivator to go from running your own business to to running the franchise? Yeah, so you know, for the first I'd say year and a half of starting and scaling my first business, I was wearing every hat mm-hmm. imaginable. You know, when you're yeah. bootstrapping something. You're trying to get your first clients. So I'm out there networking. I'm doing all the sales and marketing. I'm building websites. I'm running (laughs) Google ad campaigns, Facebook ad campaigns, learning how to actually manage accounts and do a good job with communication and reporting and all the stuff that goes into running a well-oiled marketing agency. And it was a great experience, but I quickly got to a point where I was making great money but I was putting in 60 to 80 hours a week to make it happen and was totally burned out. Didn't have, you know, a community around me. Didn't have the team at that point that I wanted to have. I was using some white label agencies. I was hiring contractors. People would churn. The white label agencies wouldn't follow through. So I, I had great success, but only because I would come in and try to save the day. I never really felt confident in, what other people could do. And so that was a big lesson I had to learn. Like, yes, maybe you can do it better sometimes, but at the end of the day, you can only do so much and perfect should never be the aspiration. Like great or good can be good enough as a business owner and finding the right people to be able to partner with and create a network around you that helps you do more with less was ultimately what unlocked a whole lot of opportunities for me. Nice. Yeah. That, that is like something, you know, that it took me a while to realize, you know, of like when I was running my business, it was like, wow, I, I'm, I, I finally, at one point I took my, and, and calculated like an hourly rate and I'm like, wow, I should be just, I should just go get a job <laughs> because my hourly rate is so low. I either need to get a job or I need to bring people in to help me to, 
to to manage this and uh i i opted for that but it was like uh, yeah it was it was not cool to to do that calculation but it's a calculation that i think that everybody should probably do if you're running a business like figure out like what that hourly rate is and see i think that this is where you you would come in as the expert to handle some of that digital because there's so many like I was I was just talking uh, with a business owner um, like a, two weeks ago or so, and he said, "Well, you know, man, I'm spending so much time building out my website. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> just get somebody to do it. Get get yeah. some help for this. I I know it looks like a cost right now, but think of all the opportunity that you're passing up by programming this website on your own. Like, and first of all, it's not going to come out as good. Sorry." Yeah. You know, it's not going to rank then, as well. It's not going to look as good. Yeah. I mean, your, your website's your virtual office. You mm-hmm. know? I'm sure you wouldn't try to build or interior design your, your own office if those are not your skill sets to have. And right. it's the first impression people have when they look at your business. If I walk into any brick and mortar business and there's a broken chair, which could be like, you know, a broken link on your site or you know, something, the, the windows cracked, which is like a blurry image on, on mm-hmm. your homepage, or there's a typo. The first thing that happens when I walk in is the lady at the front desk or the man at the front desk take 20 minutes to get back to me yeah. and, and greet me when I walk in. That's like a slow website loading speed. There's so much better <laughs> you know, ways to, to spend your time as a business owner if that's not what you're in the business to do in the first place. Yeah, oh, totally. Totally. Well, so uh, I want to I want to dig more in this. I I I love talking with you because I'm I'm also you know one of the uh, digital geeks. Uh, <laughs> I probably did a little too much of the digital side when I was running my own business. So I, I should have taken some of this advice. If I could go back in time, I'd tell myself uh, some of this stuff. Anyway, we're going to take a short break here. We will come back with more DIY for business. Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. It's Russ and Greg with you. You know what I didn't say is review. Review the website. That's that's very important as well. Not the website, sorry, the podcast. You know, I guess you could review the website. I don't know. You got website <laughs> on your mind right now. I do have website on my mind. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Now, uh, uh, podcast. There's a there's a great promotional tool for you too. Uh, <laughs> yes. Maybe call us and we'll we'll put together a podcast for you. That could be our new business, Greg. I think we already do it. So oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we we okay. do have a number of people that call us with podcasts and we help them out with that. Um, you know, TJ, you mentioned in the, in the first segment that, you know, you're running your own business and, you know, you were successful. You got it successful. It's challenging, but it was, it was uh, successful. And I'm just curious, like everybody rates success a different way, right? They, they're measuring success a different way. And, for a lot of people, they are going through the challenges and because they're challenged, they feel like, oh my gosh, this is too rough. Like they're not in the right mindset to succeed. And I was just curious, like, how did you handle that? Because ultimately you, you did find your tribe, right? You, you went to, to height and, um, you know, you got the support that you wanted and you needed, but like, where was your mindset at to kind of make that transition? I mean, it was all over the place for, for far too long. I think the biggest challenge for me early on was that I was going it alone. I 
you know, had this business. I grew it to, you know, an early level of success where I was making more money than I ever had before. But the thing that was missing was a community, somebody that could lead and mentor me, people that I could share resources with and also, you know, take resources back from and and create value among. And so the hardest thing was just not seeking that out early on and trying to figure everything out on my own. And yeah, I bought courses and would start them and not complete them like many of us have, but it wasn't the same as having a group of people that are really bought into the same mission and have common values, common goals, and are all really committed to the same level of service, which is what I now have at height. And so for me, finding that tribe of mentors, people that I could really lean on was ultimately the secret that helped me get my mindset in place because I went through waves. I mean, there was days where I was riding a high because I maybe just made a sale and then I had to say, oh, wait, now I have to do all of the work to actually fill on that. And then it's like, oh my God, what if I fail? What if I can't deliver on what I just promised? Like, what am I going to do? And so it's it's a roller coaster. And I think any entrepreneur goes through it at one time or another, just the mental battle of, am I good enough? Am I doing the right thing? Is this worth it? Is my hourly rate really what I'm, I'm really shooting for? I'm working so many hours and not getting what I really thought I would out of it. But at the end of the day, when you can surround yourself with the right people that just fill you back up with positivity and that can be somebody you can look up to, but then also having people that you can help bring up along the way. For me, having that balance between the two has been a total game changer because I'm not so focused on just what I'm doing in my business. I'm also focused on how I can help others within my team. Yeah. You know, I think with the whole like work from home thing right now, just about everybody's feeling that like lack of community. Um, I know I, I just did the story of, I was talking to somebody last week, but <laughs> here's another one. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, uh, about that. The whole work from home thing is really getting them where it's like, you know what? I don't have other people. I don't have the tribe. I don't have the the coworkers anymore. I don't have any of that. And it's, that's really, uh, it's a lot harder than you when you that you think um you know especially going from you know like an office environment working for somebody to going on your own i mean you're you really are uh on your own and i don't think i don't think i felt good about it until i found people that were doing the same thing i was doing or you know like i, I had i had one guy i think I've, I've talked about him before on the show this guy that worked for the department of defense like he just worked from home, but he worked for the Department of Defense and and we would go to lunch like a couple of times a week. And just having that like was a nice kick. And then I found people that were in my industry and started talking to them on a regular basis. And we learned a lot from each other. We shared, you know, clients. We, you know, went back and forth with things. It was, it was fantastic. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a big change, not just in attitude, but, you know, in the pocketbook when you, when you have people that you can go and talk to, because you start to figure out new ideas and you start to figure out new things and you do, it's just, it's filling up yourself up with, with positivity. So it's, it's fantastic that you found that. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a question for both of you because, you know, TJ found it, you know, by going to height and, and it's a franchise and there was kind of a built in community there, but for people that aren't going to a franchise, like how do they find those mentors? 
because that's key into what I take away from TJ's story is he found some people he really looked up to mm -hmm. that, you know, helped steer the direction that, that he took his career. But if you're not going with a franchise, where do you find these mentors? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's tons of places you can look. I would start, you know, locally first, try to plug into your local chamber, Rotary, any organization that, and if we're talking about entrepreneurship anyway, any organization that has business leaders and just start networking, start, start communicating with people and also make it known that you're looking for that type of support, that you're looking for mentorship. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is not asking for the help that we need. And when you do ask, people want to help. It's in our human nature to, to give and, and find ways to reciprocate and, and provide value to others. So, you know, those are great options locally on social media, plugging into Facebook groups. That's something that's been really helpful for me. You know, it doesn't have to be somebody that you meet with in person. It can be somebody that you just consume a lot of their content and you learn from them. Maybe you do develop a relationship over time and connect on zoom or in person at some point, but you don't always have to have an actual real life relationship with someone for them to be a mentor. I have several in my life who I just consume their content religiously because it provides so much value and guidance in my life. Yeah. You know, I, I just, um, I, I went to bars. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you know, it's, uh, I, I was going to make the joke instead that I just, you know, smoke meat in the backyard and it sends up smoke signals for people to, to come over and hang out with me. But, uh, no, you know, what, what I did a lot of was just, uh, talking with people at events, you know, like I would go to whatever event and I would just meet people and just made myself where it was like, I wanted to be known as, you know, the guy in this industry. So I would just chat with whoever it was. And, um, you know, that like, I, I don't always love doing that, you know, like there's times in my, like there's, there's times where I'm an extrovert and there's times where I'm an introvert. And in those places like there, I like to kind of absorb everything and try to figure out everything and like, you know, look at their marketing material. So I'm, I, I turn more into like that mode of where I'm gathering data. So it's hard for me sometimes to go with, um, and just, talk to people at events, but that's what I did a lot of. And, uh, it was my way of doing it. Um, Greg, do you just find everybody on the pickleball court? Is that how you do it now? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I look for mentors in areas that I don't feel as strong in. Mm. So, you know, I, I feel very strong in certain areas of, of business, or certain areas of my personal life. And then I, you know, I, I kind of take a, a self-assessment and I go, okay, what areas could I use help in? And when I evaluate those areas, that's when, if it comes up in a networking situation or a Facebook group where I say, oh, I, I could really use some, some help in this area. Um, you know, look for people that I respect that uh, come recommended. Um, so then that's kind of how I find you know, people that I want to lean on and, uh, you know, get advice from. And, you know, I think TJ might be one of those people here. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, I have, I have this crazy <laughs> idea that uh, when we come back from break, I want to throw something out at TJ and see, uh, I think he's the guy. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to a quick break and uh, we'll be right back with TJ Murphy of Hype Digital. 
Welcome back to DIY for Business. Uh, please go to thebestbusinessnetwork.com. Take a look at all the different business podcasts that we have. There's some fantastic shows that will help your company in a lot of different areas. And also go to Electricast for all types of podcasts, not just business. We have sports, we have comedy, we have so many different things there. So electricast.com. Before the break, I had this crazy idea that we've never done here, Russ. We've never done this on on the DIY show before. So let's let's try something different. What do you okay. say? All right. I'm down. Okay. So TJ, Russ and I have been talking about this pickleball podcast that uh, we started called Third Shot. And we created a website, thirdshotpodcast.com. And I thought it'd be interesting that our audience could get an idea of what it's like when people come to you at Hype Digital and you're kind of, you know, the initial consultation and you're seeing their website or what they're doing, trying to figure out if there's a good fit between Hype Digital and their business. So I thought I'd throw it out to you and take a look at the uh, thirdshotpodcast.com and ask us whatever questions you want to kind of give our audience an idea of what the experience is going to be like working with you. All right. Putting me on the spot here. I <laughs> am. That, that's why it's a crazy Quite idea. So we'll see how it goes. That's great. So we'll, <laughs> I have confidence. It'll be a condensed version, but uh, you know, really just to kind of set the stage, what, what our process typically looks like is we'll go through a discovery first. So we'll have, you know, a 30 minute to 45 minute conversation where we really figure out where you're at now and where you want to go so that we can build the bridge between the two. And we'll go in depth, really getting to know you both on your personal side, like what are your motivations for business? What are you trying to accomplish with these financial goals you're setting for your business? Are you trying to take more time to vacation with your family? Are you trying to hire more team members? Are you trying to sell the business someday? We really want to make sure that we have an understanding of where you're going besides just the KPIs, because that's what's important at the end of the day. But then beyond that, as we move into a second call where we get into strategy, we'll spend a few hours really digging into the competitive landscape. So in the case of the Pickleball podcast, you know, we'd want to look at what other Pickleball podcasts are out there. What are they ranking for? What is their search presence like? Where are they advertising? How active are they on social media? All that kind of stuff. So we can get a really good feel for the lay of the land. And then do a deep dive onto all of your assets as well. So looking at your SEO, where you're currently ranking, what are the analytics you have set up telling us if you have analytics set up, which unfortunately we find more often than not that <laughs> there just isn't any data to look at or they thought there was and it turns out the other marketing agency never set it up or whatever the case may be. That's crucial. You got to have clear data to be able to make informed decisions. We're not about throwing paint at the wall and, and hoping things stick. We really want to know what the ROI is from every type of marketing that we're going to do. So looking at your guys' beautiful site here, first thing that I love is the artwork. I don't know if you guys designed this yourself, but I think as a pickleball player, this would immediately speak to me. You've got a paddle, you've got three shots of what I assume whiskey lined up on it. And <laughs> it speaks to yeah, the fun nature of this one. Mm -hmm. And you know, beyond that, one thing that we would want to look at and talk to you guys about is, you know, what are your goals for this podcast? So let's start there. Where are you guys at now and, and where are you trying to go? Well, we want to grow the community of, of pickleball. 
And what we've found is, you mentioned, you know, evaluating the landscape of pickleball podcasts. Most of the successful, almost all the successful pickleball podcasts are pro pickleball players, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the professionals that are on the tour. They're doing kind of their show and you know, what their life is like on tour. They're, they're talking pro pickleball. And what we found is there wasn't a lot of just average pickleball players talking pickleball on, you know, on a podcast. And that's the majority of the pickleball population right now. You know, it's the fastest growing sport in America, and I think it's going to be the fastest growing sport in the world. And there's just not a lot of the average people talking about what their experiences are like, uh, you know, going out there and learning the sport and improving on, on their game, trying to evaluate what equipment they should start with and progress to. Um, how do they go about finding a partner? You know, all of these types of things aren't really discussed on those other podcasts. So we want to kind of bring those topics out to the public. Awesome. I love all of that. And so one of the things as I'm looking at the site in front of me right now, you know, what you want in the very first frame is to really speak into whoever your ideal audience is. And so in this case, you've got your a pickleball podcast, third shot. You've got a great description. You've got that amazing show art, but maybe adding something in there that really kind of speaks to that. I mean, we don't want to call people average per se, but something that does highlight the fact that this is a podcast for regular players. This, this isn't just another pro pickleball podcast. You know, we're here to talk about, you know, what actually happens in the sport for the rest of us and then diving into, you know, the details beyond that. Would you and say a good way to do that is through the blogs that we're writing? Through the blogs, but I just kind of mean like really short and sweet in the what we call the hero area. So the first thing that people see when they land on the site, we want it to be immediately clear what it is about and who it's for. And so we obviously know that this is a pickleball podcast from looking at it, but who is it for? It's not for the pro player. It's for that, you know, average Joe although we don't want to call them average jokes. It's a more <laughs> elegant way to say that. But, um, you know, then beyond that, we'll, we always like to look at SEO. I know this is a newer thing, so there's not going to be a whole lot of rankings there which we dive into through different tools and analytics and stuff. But we do look at kind of how you have your titles and meta descriptions and all that kind of stuff set up. So, so looking at some of the tools I have now, go ahead. Within that, are we kind of jumping back to what you were saying there with the, uh, the, the different styles of player? So the average Joe, yeah. they, the they say, Joe. they say levels of players, right? So like there's a level one player, level two, level three, uh, there's a level none like myself. Um, but there's all these different levels of, of pickleball players. So if you put it like put stuff like that. So are you looking up keywords to try to get that on the page or are you doing that research to try to talk the terms of pickleball and more concerned about talking the terms of pickleball than you're concerned about talking the terms of like what people are searching with like doing keyword research and whatnot or the yeah, so I mean, kind of, kind of two worlds there. I mean, the homepage, that's your main landing page. You want that to really just give people all the information they need to understand what this podcast is, what it's about, find the episodes. But then as you're saying, you know, long-term you want this podcast to reach as many pickleball players out there around the world as possible. And so creating strategic content that is geared around 
specific keyword searches, questions that people are asking Google and other search engines, those are things that would make for great blog posts. Those are things that you want to create episodes about and ensure that you have, you know, a good title for the episode, which you're building a page for, or it'll rank on the podcast engines for that specific keyword if it's appropriately set, but then having your show notes in there and making sure that those also include the keyword that you're trying to rank for. And so lots to unpack there, but when it comes to the homepage, you know, making sure that it's kind of the path of least resistance, taking somebody from not knowing what you're all about to deciding, okay, this is, this is my tribe. This is where I want to be. Pickleball players for the average Joe level zero (laughs) through whatever. Um, Then, you know, gaming the search engines as well and creating the content that's going to help you to show up when people are asking those questions online. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's one of the big advantages to coming to you at Hype Digital is gaming the search engines because, you know, the most business owners don't know how to research what people are researching on Google, uh, you know, about their subject, about their topic, about their vertical. So coming to an expert like yourself, you have all those tools and you can really steer them in the right direction. Yeah, there's there's a lot of data out there. I mean, Google gives us a lot. There's great third-party tools. You can, on my computer right now, go to Google and type in anything and it'll spit out how many searches it gets on average each month, which for me, that's something that I use constantly. I mean, it's it's a daily thing. If I'm working on a new campaign and I'm doing some competitive research for someone, I want to see what people are searching for in their local market. And so there's ways to get full reports or just kind of get a quick snapshot for specific things that you want to look at. You know, for our situation, what would be a better strategy to go micro or go macro and just say, hey, we just want to go after all pickleball players across the world, you know, or should we, what would you recommend? You know, so, I mean, pickleball, I will admit, is not something I know a ton about. I've played it a few times in PE growing up, but from what I understand, it is, like you said, the fastest growing sport in the U.S. So I don't know if you guys want to go for a global audience, but certainly going after pickleball players in the U.S. makes a lot of sense to me. But in terms of macro versus micro, I think it's already niche enough in the sense that it is a sport where you've got a semi-large community, but not so big that there's lots of diversification within it, at least from my understanding. And then, like we talked about a little bit, figuring out what kind of core things you could start to create content around and have podcast podcast guests talk about, that mm-hmm. that becomes your micro strategy. And so that's your content focus. And you're using that to really fuel your SEO, your social media, using that in YouTube as well. People go to YouTube to look for answers to questions to just about everything. So if you can create content that gets their question answered and introduces you to them to your podcast, that's going Uh to be a winning strategy. Yeah, it's it seems like it, what's what's funny about YouTube is it's such a not just a search engine, it's such a discovery engine of like bringing new people in. And I'm not just talking the podcast side of things. I'm talking about whatever business you're doing. If you're putting like yeah. um just a couple of videos up there, you know, like try strive for a couple of videos a year and you're bringing in these new people that wouldn't have discovered you otherwise. Uh plus there's the whole, you know, advertising you know, goodness over there, uh, where, you know, people are seeing your spots and all that fun stuff to, 
to discover you. I, I just, I feel like, uh, uh, so I, I started my business long ago. YouTube was not really, uh, for the first, uh, nine years of my business, YouTube was not even around. And then for the first, you know, couple of years of YouTube, it, it felt like it wasn't even around, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, whoever at the zoo and whatnot, but is YouTube like an effective strategy? Is that what, uh, where do you, do you agree with that? That, that people should oh, be absolutely. trying to do as much yeah. video as they can? Yeah. I mean, not just YouTube. I, I think if, if you haven't gotten on the the video train, you're, you're behind the ball for sure. But with YouTube, I mean, you've got long form, you've got shorts, just like Instagram reels or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. So even for like a local business, you can create content that's geared around what your local market's searching for, what your local market's going to be interested in, and really set your brand apart from every other company that's out there. If you're putting out good, engaging content that maybe it's funny, maybe it, it, it just has character that is what your brand is all about, that's what's going to help people to remember you over the competition. And right. so beyond just search engines, which... YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. Just having good video content that you can distribute and repurpose to create more and more content across all the platforms that are out there is yeah. a winning strategy. Well, also, I just feel like it, it goes back to the, you know, it just, it does, it, it makes it where the first time they see you is not the first time they see you. You know, the first time, like if you're a, you know, a, whatever, a plumber and you're walking into their home, you've already got a little bit of sense of familiarity if they've watched your YouTube video, right? They've already heard you talking. They've already seen, you know, your mannerisms. They know you a little bit better. So they feel a little bit better about using your company. So there, there's that whole win as well. Yeah. So, no like trust factor there. Getting totally. Getting people to, to totally. see you as a human. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like I've talked to so many people about digital over the years, you know, clients uh, and, and whatnot, talking about, you know, digital and it's like, they always want to write for the search engines. They always want to make whatever content it is, whether it's video or, you know, whatever, they're always concerned about showing in search. And I always feel like it's just, let's be more concerned about the audience, about the people and, you know, search engines will follow. Yeah. Google's latest algorithm, biggest change in it was that they were going to start penalizing content. That's just purely written to game the search engine. So if you're just keyword stuffing, if you're writing content that has no real value to the end consumer, Google's somehow created an algorithm that can sniff that out and it can not only not rank that (laughs) particular page, but it could hurt your entire site. So you know what we've always written for for people first, but it's something that is super important if you're doing any long-term SEO. What I always thought was funny or what I think is funny, like this is fairly recent. I can't say always, but I, I think it's funny that Google is u- use, utilizing AI to write ads <laughs> and they're penalizing people that are using AI on their websites to write content. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. silly when you think about it. it. It's yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. I do agree with their their motive there though, just to be able to create more value on the top search results. Like, I mean, there's been so many times where I've Googled something and one of the first listings on, on the search page, yeah, it, it answers it in the title and the meta description, but then you get on there and it really right. has no value for what you're looking for. Totally. It's just totally. Yeah. 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 There's so much of that out there. It drives me crazy. Um, you know, one other thing that you mentioned right out of the gate here too, uh, when you were talking about the pickleball podcast, uh, uh, was make sure you have analytics and you're surprised at the sites that don't have analytics. 
And there's this sort of big change coming to Google Analytics uh, very soon here where they have Google wow. Analytics, what, four and or Google, whatever it's, uh, yeah, Google Analytics four, right? I, I believe. Four, four is the new one. <laughs> there Universal we go. Four is the new one. Getting Universal's the old one. So yeah. if you have Universal Analytics installed, you might want to get this move to, to GA4 pretty soon here. The reason why I always get confused with GA4 is because I'm thinking of GTA 5, uh, which is a game <laughs> that is awesome. Um, <laughs> but that might be a reason to, to contact Height Digital as well, uh, is to, to get that, make sure that you're collecting the right analytics. And uh, let's let's do a little plug here for you. Uh, how do people get a hold of you um, if if they are you know struggling with their digital or if they're just trying to do too much on their digital and they need an expert? How do they get a hold of you, TJ? Yeah, so you can find me on on all the socials. Uh, I am TJ Murphy is my handle: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's just TJ Murphy. And the easiest way to find all of that, just go to tjmurphy.me. That's my link page with links out to our website, all my social media, a little bit about me, the podcast that I'm getting ready to launch. So that's the best way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I didn't know you were going to do a podcast. That's awesome. Well, we're, yeah. we're, your, we're your experts when it, when you need that help. And uh, there you go. You've been, you've been <laughs> so helpful in uh, helping us with our uh, website. I appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. This was really fun. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And thank you for listening and subscribing and reviewing. Uh, We didn't get to talk about reviews, but reviews are big time, right, TJ? Absolutely. Got to have them. Exactly. So help us out here. Uh, We got to have them. Uh, (laughs) whatever platform you're listening on right now, make sure that you review DIY for business. Also check out the best business network and Electrocast media. We're proud to be a part of them. Uh, there's websites over there for you to go check out and all kinds of cool podcasts. Uh, the subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the help with the idea of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I want your company to succeed and we are happy to take your questions. We'd also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Just head over to DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. There's a link in the description. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business where you are not alone. Join us, I'm Bridgie and my Uncle Greg, as we talk every aspect of the game we love, pickleball. This sport is taking the nation by storm and we've seen more and more pickleball facilities, products and tournaments popping up. Each episode we'll be sharing our journey to improve our game and feature special guests who will share their favorite pickleball stories. We will also be reviewing all types of products from paddles to shoes and other equipment with the reps of the different manufacturers. We will provide some great insight to help you decide what's right for your game. You will get to hear from all the influential people within the pickleball community. So join us as we get passionate about pickleball on Third Shot Podcast. I'm Iris Ichishta, mother of two digital natives, CEO and co-founder of Tokens Collectibles and co-host of the Tokens Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff, father of three digital natives and one of your hosts of the Tokens Podcast, where we cover a variety of topics. Topics such as digital collectibles, blockchain, Web3, and raising children who are digitally and financially literate. So if you're a little crypto curious and want to dip your toe into the Web3 waters, then join us on Tokens. Electric acid.
Hi, this is Megan Kane. And this is Jason Zook. And we're the hosts of Psychic Visions Podcast. Have you ever experienced deja vu or wonder what life after death is like? Or maybe you walked into an old building and got goosebumps or chills down your spine. Chances are you're having spiritual experiences without even realizing it. Our show will cover a variety of topics from astral projection to UFOs, manifestation, to the power of positive thinking and even healing energy. If this resonates with you, then this is your sign from the universe to check out our show. Find us where all podcasts are available. Psychic Visions, more than meets the eye. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 